Hey, what's going on? This is Dee Dee from Hunt and Gather coming to you with our very first episode of the Pop-Up Podcast at Hunt and Gather. And I'm here with Nate Ben. Do you like to be called Nathan or Nate? Um, how about Nate Tan? Nate Tan. But I noticed <laughs> in all your art stuff that we have here at the gallery, you put Nathan. So I was like... Do I? I don't know. I'm going old school with you guys. Because all my old friends call me Nathan. But with all this art and stuff, people know me as Nate. Nate One. So Nate Tan is a local sunset artist. And he's like got a little, little big following in San Francisco. I've noticed... We're showing his work here in our fall show at Hunt and Gather, and he's got people knocking down the doors coming to buy his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am really lucky to show here. This is the most fun gallery. It's just such a community. That's every event we have here since I've met you. It's just nothing but good vibes. Right on. Well, I'm so glad that we met and we're working together now. And now we're taking it to the next level with this podcast, and mm-hmm. we're eventually going to have other artists and makers and people in the community popping up on this podcast. So this podcast is for creative entrepreneurs and artists who want to be part of this community and who want to test out their products, services, and their content creation. So hopefully Mm -hmm. we can get some of you on the show and popping up here in the shop as well. Yep. And I think the most useful, one of the most useful things that you have here is you can come with all your questions and concerns and challenges, and most likely between the two of us, me and Didi, we have almost 20 years or about 20 years experience in business each. So we've made a lot of mistakes and we can help you get to where you want to go faster. Faster. So, Save so, some yeah. time. We made some mistakes along the way, and that's what we've been talking about. And that's what prompted us to start this podcast because we're like, oh, my God, could you imagine how much time we could save if we had someone like us guiding us when we were starting out? Mm-hmm. So that leads us to my three questions. We're going to answer three. Well, it's not three questions. It's one question with three answers. So mm-hmm. what three things would you tell your younger self when you were just starting out in a cre- in your creative endeavors, your creative business mm-hmm. 20 years ago or whatever, what three things would you do differently? Oh, man. So I thought about this, and I do have my three answers. So I would say self. One, you need to know that business is not personal, and don't take it personal. Now go... Now go work for 20 years and practice that. <laughs> because at, when I was younger, when I first started new school, I definitely took some things personally. And those were the situations where I lost my cool. <laughs> and I wish I could take all of those back. Because it's, it's just not a good look in business to be emotional. It's hard, but, you know, it, I hate to say it, but it really comes down to money. Money, time people's livelihoods so that's why you really have to be just professional and leave the emotions yeah because every single time i lost my cool and yelled at someone or hung up on someone three times in a (laughs) row it's because i got personally offended 
where I shouldn't have been offended and I could have just answered the, you know, I could have responded just more by the book and kept the emotions out of it. But what is it they say when you mess with the bull, you get the horns. That's me. Yeah. I'm all nice and mild-mannered till you personally offend me. And then Watch sometimes, out. you know, then I could lose my cool. But so that's number one. Sorry for the long answer. But that's one. I would I would tell myself business is not personal and make sure you keep your mindfulness about you. What about you, Didi? What about me? Um, I thought about this as well. And the one of my biggest challenges has been um, pigeonholing myself into really inexpensive pricing wow. in my graphic design business. Mm -hmm. So I got stuck being like just doing stuff cheap and doing whatever people needed and not really having a specific offering mm -hmm. and then just trying to be everything to everyone. So my number one like advice I would give myself if I were telling myself, giving myself advice back, you know, when I was starting, mm -hmm. I would say, yes, start out, start out lower priced because you have to gain experience for sure, right. but have a strategy for how you're going to up your pricing and come up with specific offerings because when you have a specific offering, you can say, this is what I do and this is what I charge. Don't be everything to everyone. And that leads me to the second part of this answer is know who you're serving. Mm. If you're trying to serve everybody, then you're, you're not able to get clear on your pricing and have a better pricing structure. Mm -hmm. So know who you're serving and also you have a pricing strategy. Man, you just dropped some gems on them. You better <laughs> listen to that. That is so... I've even recently had a, a new friend talk to me about valuing his work and how do I price it? And it is really hard to wrap yourself around it. When I first started, I was kind of... I didn't know where. And there's actually... Back then, there, there was a book with pages and words on it. And it would like tell you pricing for all different industries. Mm -hmm. But of course, that book is... Old. Outdated as soon as they print it and put it on the shelf, mm -hmm. you know. But at least it maybe something like that could give you a little bit of direction. But what you said about starting a little lower and understanding that people are giving you an opportunity, that's really important too. But yeah. Yeah, you can't come in as a newbie and be like, I charge $10,000 per project or something crazy. Yeah. Or, or all my stuff is just, you know, m above market rate have to start out and build before you can command the higher prices, but have a strategy for how you're and goals for upping those prices so that you're meeting your goals and then you can up the price. Meet a goal, mm -hmm. up the price. Don't just come in low and get stuck low mm -hmm. like I did. And don't come in too high and then get frustrated because nobody's fighting. Can afford buying. you. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's enough jewels on that. That's mm -hmm. a whole class. That's a class. We should do a workshop on that or some kind of... There's so many workshops, Dee. There's so many. <laughs> you guys stay tuned. We're going to have workshops coming your way. I think the social media one is the one that people... I keep hearing it over and over the last two weeks. Everyone needs pointers on how to do social media. And it's 
And I think building a community here of people who are supporting each other on social media, like mm-hmm. imagine that when you have, when you put something out there and there's crickets, it's so embarrassing. You're like, yeah. should I, why am I doing this? But if yeah. you have a community of people that are all supporting you and we're all together in it, we can help each other on social media. It's mm-hmm. just like the community in real life. Anyhow, okay, so continue with the question. What would we do if we could go back in time and talk to our younger self and say, here's a tip about business? Mm-hmm. So What's that, yours? What's so your next another one? one? So I have two. I'm trying to think which one's more interesting. <laughs> there, so these. this one goes back to money. I would make less stuff. I think I would... I came from a background of, you know, the fashion industry. So everything I was doing when I run it from my house is like one hundredth of a, you know, percent of what they're doing. So the, just how much inventory to create and all that. I learned that the hard way. So I, I would tell myself that I would say make less stuff and test it out a little bit more before biting the bullet and making all this junk and having boxes of shirts. So maybe you should tell people old new school. I always want to call it old school. <laughs> new school, his new school apparel brand is he sells I'll tell him what you sell. Okay. So yeah, that would have been a good place to start. Dude. <laughs> Tell them a little bit about yourself, Nate. So today, as it stands, I own New School. It's a clothing line, accessory line. It's based in San Francisco. I founded it in 2004 when I first had, well, a year after we had our firstborn kid. And that's what I do. I wholesale to little boutiques all around the Bay Area. I have some accounts across the country. I've sold to countries other countries and so i'm really lucky to have kept it alive all this time but it always changed it's always evolving Evolving. yeah so that's that's one thing i think i learned that from madonna (laughs) i heard reinvent herself madonna was really good at reinventing herself you know at least till about five ten years ago (laughs) (gasps) i'm just kidding i love madonna but i like the like a virgin madonna oh for sure the borderline madonna Mm -hmm. Mm, borderline so you know change is okay sometimes but anyway so that's my answer to it that's don't make as much shit so just have a smaller selection of things at a time in the beginning yeah, i was until com- you can build oh my god i was coming at them so like you know i used to work at jimboree designing graphics you know every season i would have like you know so many graphics to create you know for the pajamas and for this and for that so i was used to designing a lot but just designing doesn't make you money when you have a clothing line it's when you have to invest in each and design. each one. So then it becomes like, whoa, I had it so easy. Jimboree, we were doing like all these crazy techniques and, you know, those lithograph things or, you know, where you look at a sticker and it all looks like it's moving. Mm-hmm. I made like a little graphic where this character was swinging nunchucks. It was hella tight. But to make that today, just the mold for it. Oh, my God. Or to manufacture that. So... So anyway, yeah, I had to reel it back in. And now, as it goes, probably 50% of the stuff I print, my production is like just a handful of graphics. Mm-hmm. You've yeah. honed it in and streamlined it a little bit. Yeah, like I make a whole bunch of the... I don't want to give away too much special sauce right now. We have cl- workshops coming up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I definitely skew my production, of course. 
per size. There's you know certain sizes you don't want to order a lot of. You have to be smart, like you were talking about earlier. Who is your client? You really need to know your client if you're going to run an apparel business by creating inventory. No matter what business you're in, you have to know your client. Yeah. And the, that's the 100%. biggest mistake I made and I see a lot of entrepreneurs make is that they don't want to pigeon the hole themselves into one client. But here's the thing. You can specialize in one. You can know who your client is and then a client outside of that market could come to you and say, hey, I have this project or, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I want to work with you on this and you can decide right then yeah okay that might be a cool direction to go Mm -hmm. and you can still do it like don't be afraid to niche down and actually i have a process that i take my clients through it's called the pvp index um i stole this from frank kern years ago and i take my clients through this process it's personal fulfillment value to marketplace and profitability it's a process that helps you figure out who your target market should be based on what clients are willing to pay you what the marketplace needs and what your personal enjoyment in serving that market is so i will provide this in the show notes, a link to get the PBP index worksheet that I offer that I use with my clients. And it should totally help you a ton in nailing down who your target market should be if you are struggling with this. Wow. See, that's why we're good partners. See, I don't know how to do that shit. (laughs) DD will just have it. Magic. There it is. Download it and then use that shit. And then you'll really like, man, that is so true, what you're saying, Didi. Like, no joke. If you can really figure out, then as a designer, if you really know who you're designing for, isn't that easier than if you're just designing what you like? Because I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, the shit that we like, your customer, if if you're not going after yourself as the customer, they will tell you what's going to sell. And that's why I'm saying don't make 100 million pieces of something because you like it. And then oh you're stuck with God. 100 of those things that you love. You how better many, love it. How many fucking microphone shirts do I have? You know, like like I thought the microphone was a cool shirt, but it was the headphone shirt. Oh, my that- God, the headphones. I got – I have the headphone um, hoodie for my three-year-old back in 2005, I think. Wow. That my roommate got me. On mission, I, in the mission, I think it was mm-hmm. a little shop in, on Valencia we talked about. Yep, that's so crazy. It was lunar. It was Fabricate back then. Now there's Lunary and Gallery, but yeah. So that's who I work with, like little small stores. So okay, so that was. I think if I'm not wrong, you have one more answer. No, I this. still haven't given my second. My second answer first is was short. Like two parter. Yeah, my first was two parter. I kind of cheated, but my second one is super okay. short and okay. easy. And All just right. take this away and mm-hmm. just run with it, you guys. Okay, I would have started using checklists and Google Docs a lot sooner. Okay, mm-hmm. checklists for everything. So everything you're doing in your business should have a checklist because guess what? As you as your business grows and you need to start delegating. That shit is all laid out for you and you just give that checklist to you pass it on to the next guy, your VA or whoever's going to help you. And they can now have it all check, check, check down the list, Mm -hmm. step by step, one, two, three. And, you know, I started creating checklists for myself to help me be more efficient. And then I realized, oh, 
all I have to do is share this with somebody who's helping me. So mm -hmm. checklists and Google Docs. And I just create a Google Doc with a checklist. It, it's easy. It's like the easiest thing. Okay, you got to teach me how to do that. I'm you don't use checklists or you don't use Google Docs? I use Google Docs, but the checklist thing, it like actually has buttons and you check it off? Yeah, you just highlight, you just, you start checklist right in the Google Doc and it's amazing. Wow. I have checklists for web, you know, when I'm doing a web design project, when I'm doing a branding project, mm -hmm. there's steps. And sometimes you skip steps because you just know everything. But then if you do the steps that you know you're supposed to do, you do such a better job. Like right. sometimes I'll try, I've done like logo designs where I'm like, I already have these ideas in my head. So I'll go straight to the computer and I won't mm -hmm. do step one, which is to sketch on paper. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I'll be struggling on the computer, trying mm -hmm. all these different ideas. And I'm, I'm like, I have this idea in my head. It's just not working. Mm -hmm. But if I start with the sketch, it changes everything. And I just have more to work with. And it just, it's a better design process mm -hmm. and so when i look at my checklist and i just go down the list it keeps you on point it keeps me on point it keeps me doing what i'm supposed to be doing what i know i'm supposed to do mm -hmm. and it saves me time because in the end i don't have to go back and start from square one because mm -hmm. i skipped a step so dd is very technologically savvy my ass is hella analog so my version <laughs> writes things on paper my version of that is literally okay i got one client and they're very particular about their process okay but they're my biggest client so i write a checklist on their po i'll write it down and do little boxes it's usually and you check them and it's off. usually in pencil but because some of those check boxes are mine and some of them are for my daughter to do because she works for me part you can share the google doc with her so easy <laughs> but and i just pin it to my pin board and it's real it's and right you there. can print the google doc and then it's all inside one place the, okay the reason why your way is better is because then i don't have to write the list every single time because every time i get their po i write oh make, my make the address Lord. i write invoice i go make my invoice it's print. like a template yeah okay create templates in your business guys right. save yourself some time templatize anything and everything it you can sounds so nerdy but she's right uh -huh. it's it's so it's so true it took me a long time to to figure that out yeah i have a, a like a journal that i write and i would have the little square i would write my list and the little squares and then check them off i wrote my little check you know, I did it all by hand, just like you're doing. And I had it in a little notebook, which I still mm -hmm. carry because I still take notes. Like if I'm on the phone with a client yeah. or yeah. anything where I just want to be able to write. A lot of times I pull up a Google Doc and I just start a note. But yeah, um, <laughs> I do still have the look, old school is, book. <laughs> look, it, this is me. I pull up gmail and just start an, an email, email to yourself because i know it's going to get saved in drafts yeah and that, sometimes that works too sometimes it, it becomes an email so yeah. that could be you know not totally working. also do you use email templates do i use no i have templates within For gmail. your email oh yeah like depending on what the email's about yeah like all the all the artists emails that went out for the art show a, mm -hmm. those are all templates oh wow. because each each season, I have another art show, so I just update Why it. Why rewrite it? Why rewrite thing. the whole thing? Yeah, it's a lot of information I'm giving you guys. Templates, guys, templates. Didi's blowing my mind. And that could be another <laughs> workshop, if because if you're telling me you don't use templates in within your email, 
You could have your proposal oh, I mean, in I a template. Mean, I know. I totally use templates. We're going to get you on templates. Okay. Third okay, one. Third. Number three. What? Do you have one more still? I still have one more, but you're next. God dang. Okay. My third one. And I got this from a book. The Power of Focus. Oh, that's a good book. It is a good book. I was almost tempted to give you my copy, but that's against the rules. Really? You have to get your own copy yeah. or else you're not going to read it. Because that little... Whatever. Can I listen? Because I listen to books much yeah, more. Yeah. The Power of Focus. So that book really was... I've a, been wanting to read that. It was a good little spark that I needed like year two of the pandemic. It just let me... It was just a good focuser, you know? So anyway, uh, one of the principles that I learned from there is that you should spend more time focusing on your specific strength, your area of genius or expertise, or, you know, another way to say it is like, what do you do super easily and better than a lot of people? You don't have to be the number one best, but you do something super good and it comes so easy to you and people love it and you do a good job. So focus on that, focus on that more than, all the little things if you can. So it's the 80 20 rule. Mm -hmm. What brings you 80% of the results? Mm -hmm. So for me, of course, well, it's changing as I do business longer. Now I'm, I'm also finding like I have other skills, not just the obvious to me. Like, so obviously like design and art, that's my strength because that's how I built my brand because all the designs are mine and all the art's mine. So that's my strength. But also now, I think I've developed like this, uh, I don't know, how to work with people, collaborate. Sometimes, you know, how can I make someone in business like better? I like doing that. And that's the whole thing me and Didi are trying to do is like use our experience to help you get better faster. That's important because why learn all this stuff and not, you know, give back? I think that's something I learned as a teenager. Like giving back is really important. So mm -hmm. yeah, it feels good. And then you see someone that you helped when they were just struggling and then now they're living off your mentorship. There's nothing that makes me happier to see people doing their shit. Because if I'm not, then that makes me keep on my shit. You yeah. know, like can't let these young whippersnappers pass me up. Yeah, and there's no such thing as competition because that person you just helped has their own area of genius their own style their own you know artistic yeah. way so that whole thing of competition i think we should all be more and community focused and not so competitive well especially in the creative field i i get it people artists creative people we're pretty insecure or we can be right it's just human nature and artists and designers you know we're definitely we have an insecure feeling so when you start mixing business into it and it has to be like i said at the beginning like not personal that's a challenge for a lot of artists that's why i don't think every artist should go into business they should mm, just keep it their, true keep it their passion and make just keep it their thing that grounds them balances them you know don't fucking sell greeting cards you know it's like more work than maybe you're ready for or you care to deal with mm -hmm. i deal with so like I tried to prove a point the other day and almost do a story once an hour and none of it was painting. <laughs> none of it. It was like 
following up emails, accounting, ordering shit, you know, making sure these people are on point. Yeah, there's so much more to it when you make your passion, your business. A lot of times people figure out that it's no fun anymore and they don't want to do it. And I'd rather like present that to some of my entrepreneur friends coming to me for advice. Some, I present that up front too. Yeah. And I used to struggle with that. I used to want to help people so bad that I would like keep helping Pushing them, them and... and they're not ready. I have friends like that right now, but I, they know though I'm here for them when they're ready. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then when they're ready at their own pace, they'll do it. And I've seen that over my life through graffiti, through business, through all that stuff. I've seen people develop at their own pace. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm at my own pace, you know, so I can't put my pace expectations on someone else some For people sure. you know and some people may never get there because they do want to just keep their art the a hobby it's the people that think they want to do it but don't are the ones that are the biggest heartbreak because they're starting off where they're like i'm gonna do this but then when they really get in the thick of it then they're like screw it i don't want to do that yeah and, and then i get my hopes up because i want them to succeed you know well that kind of leads me into my answer my third answer because mm -hmm. there's so much to do in when you start a creative business that it can be overwhelming and so my advice to my younger self the third thing i would say to myself is to focus on seasonal marketing I don't hear mm. I don't hear people talk about this very much. It's always like you need to be you need to send out an email or a blog post or podcast or this or that once a week and you need to do this. Uh you need to post every day on social media. Okay, maybe, but the place to start so that you're not overwhelmed is coming up with a seasonal marketing plan. You come up with four promotions a year, you look at your entire year and you, for each season, you come up with one thing. It could be an event. It could be a promotion. It could be a blog post. It could be whatever, but you start with one a season and you mm -hmm. build off of that. That's your foundation. And then everything is focused around that here at hunt and gather. We do a seasonal art show. So we have four art shows. When I first opened, I was going to do one art show a month. That means 12 mm. art shows, okay? I'm now doing four art shows a year, and it is perfect. And mm -hmm. I could, when I get really good at turning <laughs> over art shows, I could move into the once a month thing, and maybe yeah. I will. Right now, I have no desire to do that. No. Four a year is perfect. It gives me time to do other things right. in that season that kind of go along with the art show. It gives me some leeway, you know, but I plan out my year. I have it all set up. It's simple. It's doable. Instead mm -hmm. of overwhelming myself with all these other things, I put the big rocks in first, the four things I'm going to do for the year, and then I build around that. And, mm -hmm. and you can build slowly. You don't have to be like, you know, putting out content every week or every day or whatever. You start with, I'm going to do these four things, and then you build from there and you you add to your mix of content creation, of promotions, of events, of whatever it is you're doing. That's my spiel. And right now we're I love that. right now we are have we're we are showcasing the fall show here at Hunt and Gather. It's called Native and it's really cool. Um I met Nate and he's in the show and 
it's seriously one of our most successful shows, I feel like. Yeah, I hope so. The it's... art opening on mm-hmm. October 16th was so much fun. So much fun. And if you missed it, you're a sucker. It but was... <laughs> you can come. Okay, so this season, mm-hmm. the other cool thing about seasonal promotions and marketing is that like here at Hunt and Gather, I basically change things up every season. So this season, I'm trying out being open from 12 to 4 every day. After During the pandemic, we kind of closed. We haven't had normal business hours. People mm-hmm. weren't coming out as much. It was really hard to figure out how to be open or what hours to be open. And I have my graphic design business, so I really didn't have time to just be sitting here waiting for people to come look at the art. So... But this season, we're trying something new. We're open 12 to 4 every single day except for Fridays. Fridays, we're closed. But Monday through Thursday, I'm here from 12 to 4. People can drop in, whether you're an artist or a customer wanting to look at the art, mm-hmm. someone in the community. And then on the weekends, it's run by the artists. So you can swing mm. by on the weekends and you can meet the artists who are being showcased. And it's really fun because a lot of times the other artists show up and support each other. And it's kind of a gathering of artists mm-hmm. and community. And it's it's becoming what my vision was when I opened. You're so smart. In 2018. That's so, <laughs> your business plan for your shop is so smart. Because through the pandemic, I've seen all the stores the shops i boutiques i work with i've seen them have to just change and figure out their store hours a lot of them became kind of like this hybrid model where they started doing some of their stuff from home and then they started closing more often and having less days open so the way you do it is so smart and having the artists it's so easy to be an artist and think all the responsibilities on the gallery to sell it. And that's where a lot of artists get frustrated or they don't understand it's promotion. You have to promote your work. And when you're here, it gives you that you learn stuff. You yeah. talk to the community, uh, you you and you sell. People buy stuff when they talk to you, when they have yeah. a connection with you. 100%. So it And that's exactly what artists don't want to do. They they want to hide be, behind their art. They don't want to talk to people sometimes, and you it's know, hard. it's hard. So personality has a lot to do with wanting to have a business too. If it's just you and you can't get over certain humps, you either have to get someone to be your sales rep, or or you can join a community like yeah. this, and then it's and it becomes right. easier when yeah. you're working oh, alongside mm-hmm. other artists, and then you have mentors like us helping you because we just want you to succeed, right? And, and so we're here to help too. I totally get that. Okay, just to recap, let's go over the six things Nate and I would tell our younger selves if we were just starting out in business. One, business is not personal. Two, know who you're serving and don't be afraid to niche down. Three, develop an effective pricing strategy early on. Four, focus on a few products or services rather than offering too much variety in the beginning and focus on your area of genius. Five, use Google Docs, checklists, and templates to systematize your process. And six, focus on seasonal marketing and promotions to simplify your content creation and build from there. There you have it. That is the advice Nate and I would give our younger selves. Take it and run with it. We hope this helps. Okay. Cool. Well, this has been fun. This is our yeah. first episode. And mm-hmm. if you hear this episode, that means it, it made it to the airwaves. 
because you never know. I think there's some some gems in this conversation, Dee Dee. Yeah. I do. That I think if people, if you're really interested to be serious about your business, that's what we, that's who we are trying to target and work with. And, you know, because I see it. People who I talk to that are really serious, they'll keep coming back and they have all these same questions. So why just do this individually? Yeah. So we're trying to make yeah. a community of people coming together and asking their questions because when you are able to hear other people's questions, you get that knowledge as well. So it's like, let's all share the knowledge and the wealth. And a of, lot of them have the same questions. Exactly. Like the same ones. It's just a different Well, that's industry. why, that's why coaching, like group coaching works Work. because oh. you, you get to hear the answer to somebody else's question, which is actually your question mm -hmm. as well. Okay. So, all right. All right, you guys. Well, we hope to see you on November 4th, 5th, or 6th. And if not, then maybe on the weekend or here at Hunt and Gather 12 to 4 daily, mm -hmm. excluding Fridays. And, and where can they follow us on Instagram? Oh, yeah. Us. Where can they follow us? Well, there's Hunt and Gather SF. That's, that's on your, Instagram. That's, that's the, the, the store shop. For the gallery. Yep. Then there's uh, Nate One Design. Design. That's for my art. And then there's, there's art, art design, art which is A-R-T-D-E-E-Z-I-N-E. -E -E. That's mm -hmm. my kind of like personal, but also I do some branding and marketing stuff there. And then mm -hmm. you have New School, which yep. is your design. Oh, no, your apparel brand. Yep. New School SF. So... We'll put all of this in the show notes and we hope to see you around here soon. And, um, anything else you want to say, Nate? No. Over and out. Over and out. <laughs> that was rad. Rad. <laughs>